This is an ABC podcast. This is the Conversation Hour on ABC Radio Melbourne and Victoria. So as we know, more and more Victorians are throwing their hand up for help to feed either themselves or their family, which is why, as you've been hearing this year, we're partnering with Second Bite, not only to bring attention to the amount of food that we waste, but of course to help Victorians during our cost of living crisis. But let me ask you a personal question. How much food do you waste? How often do you throw out veggies that never got eaten, that went all a bit minging and mouldy at the bottom of the fridge? What about bread or that meat that you forgot to eat or forgot to put in the freezer? We all need to waste less, and that's either for financial reasons or for environmental reasons. But how do we do that? How do we get better? How do we get more knowledgeable about the food in our fridges in our pantries. We have a panel of guests that are going to help us with that from what we could cook to how far we can push those expiry dates. They're experts in their field and we also have one man in the studio who could potentially offer us a lot or potentially (laughs) offer us nothing given that Mr Sammy J. You've been awake now for how many hours, my friend? Uh, since 4.30 yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. So the maths escapes me, but I've been nonstop broadcasting for 18 hours. Can I... I don't know whether it's because you've matched your pyjama suit with your eyes. Mm-hmm. You look really sprightly and full of colour. Have you been on television? Have you got some They, they, they powdered me for news breakfast. Okay. I bo- popped down this morning. Um, but I'm honestly, I've had the most amazing time yeah. uh, on the show doing every single show in a row and I've been waiting to collapse. Uh, you know, I, did, I, I pitched this idea, don't get me wrong, but I thought <laughs> at some point it hasn't happened yet, Rochelle, and I'm nervous for the presenter with whom I'm co-hosting who will cop that. And I I pledge to do everything I can to remain perfectly sane in the hour ahead because, as you know, and as I always remind you, you were my first co-host when I first was ever asked to even do anything on this station. We did the Friday Review together and I will cherish that memory and you were very kind, so I hope to return that favour today by not completely torpedoing the conversation hour. Well, look, we're going to look at food waste and it's a term that we throw around a lot, right, as a society. But in actual fact, there's a lot we can do both personally in our own homes, in our own fridges and pantries. But as we're going to learn today, there's incredible work and research being done on a mass scale. So looking at the circular economy. But are you a waster? Like, are you a food waster? Like, do you throw food out? Or are you a, like, I'm going to use every last skerrick of this rice in order to not waste something? Rochelle, it would be improper of me to spend 24 hours spruiking the great work that Second Bite do. And uh, Conversation Hour audiences need no introduction to that because you've been to the warehouse and launched this campaign. But I could not have done that with my hand on my heart were I a waster. So I can very much confirm that, no, I'm keep the skerricks eat the children's leftover wheat mix, grab that last little bit. Uh, I've got to stop doing that, though. Like, my daughter's 10, and even still, when now, thank goodness, she takes her food to the sink as opposed to me, I still go and throw it in my mouth. Well, and I'm like, this, why? Why am I just eating that? Just two days ago, and it's tricky, Rochelle, I work in breakfast radio, so my wife, of course, does the mornings with the girls. Um, I still had to come home and dared to say, look... Maybe don't give them two Whitbix each day because there's always one left in the bowl. And I felt like such an idiot because who am I to say that? But still, it is waste. We know yeah. waste is bad and we're all doing our little weird jigsawy bits. 
I once, my daughter, when she was going on to soft foods and trying to self-eat, she wouldn't eat her wheat bix, of which I had put on some pureed pear because I'm such a non-waster that I'd mashed all of these pears, put them into little containers and then put them in the freezer so mm-hmm. I could bring them out bit by bit. So I'm going, come on, why aren't you eating your mashed pear and your wheat bix? Why are you wasting this food? Anyhow, I eventually gave up, took it to the sink, put it into my mouth, as you would, to not waste the food, and then discovered that it wasn't mashed pear on a wheat fix. It was mashed cauliflower. <laughs> and I, I'm, see, I'm good on not wasting, but I'm not good on labelling. You monster. Now, I don't want to jump ahead because I know we've got a lot of yes. discussion to come. However, I will just declare straight up, the best thing I did in my household as a husband, uh, as a human, the best thing I've ever done was about four months ago in the supermarket because I knew I wouldn't have time and I'd forget to go to the news agency or other places where it would be cheaper. You know, in the supermarket, Rochelle, they have the overpriced stationery aisle where everything costs five times yeah, more than it pen. should. Yeah, for yeah. a I paid the money to get a roll of simple white masking tape and a Sharpie. Oh. That came to like $17 in total. Mm-hmm. But we have saved so much more because I have put it in the drawer next to the fridge and every time we go to freeze the leftovers, I write down the date and what's in there because the number of times we've thrown out something because we didn't know how old it was or what it was and now it is a joy to open and I'm, I, I am leaning into my you know middle-aged dad uh, vibe here so don't you worry. worry I'm happy to do this to open the fridge and see oh veggie bolognese made in May and I can confidently microwave it and have a meal ready for me or the kids is one of the greatest joys in my middle-aged life. I don't know what I'm more impressed with the fact that you are labelling things or that that sharpie is still there <laughs> You know what? It's not. I have to use biros because it went walkabout. See, I knew. It's Im- it's <laughs> I didn't impossible. think you'd care for the detail, but we're kindred spirits for sure. Yeah, if there's a Sharpie around, you are pocketing <laughs> that baby. If you're a waster, the extreme lengths that you go to in order to not waste food. But there's a more important number that people can also ring today. If listeners wish to donate, they can call Second Bite. There's a gorgeous team at Second Bite that are waiting to take your donation. And it doesn't have to be a lot. It can be... A couple of bucks. It can be five dollars. One eight hundred two six three two eight three. Of course, as you've been hearing over the last twenty four odd hours, you can also go to the abc.net.au slash Vic Gives and you can click on donate now. What are we up to, Sammy J? Right now, as a station, as a radio community, we have collectively raised three hundred and twenty seven thousand wow. and five dollars, which is staggering given that we as a station, Rochelle, were aiming to raise two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. by the end of today. We've already smashed that target and as your listeners will know and as as you know one dollar donated to second bite will create five meals because it could not be a more appropriate uh charity that we're raising money yeah. for given the topic that we're discussing today which is food waste and over just over a fortnight ago i had the privilege of taking the conversation our team to second bites warehouse and to meet the people that work there that volunteer there that are sorting through all of the produce to meet the founder the woman who came up with the idea originally started small scale with leftovers in the back of her car it's now feeding thousands and thousands of victorians this big truck left so it was a relatively new truck and they're all very excited about this 14-ton truck and I asked the COO at the time, Lucy, what does that 14 truck mean to you that's just left the second bite warehouse now? Do you know how many meals were potentially in the back of that truck when it left? I listened to the episode recently but I've forgotten the specifics. (laughs) Yeah, I've been up for a while. (laughs) 28,000 meals 
in one truck. So with the money that we've raised, so Lucy told me what $350,000 means. It means a 14-tonne truck. So Second Bite can now buy another truck. Officially can buy another truck. And I loved, you went into detail on this when you were there, but it, this is, the, the money we're raising, this is about supply chain. This is about yeah. the logistics and that, because the food is donated. Second Bite gets this food for free, but what's not free is then getting that food to the vast network of charities they partner with who can put it onto tables. And in addition, the great joy in learning that a meal is not just about the food, it's about bringing people oh, into 100%. a place for community and for additional services. Hey, how are you going? Have you got a place to stay? Do you need extra medical assistance? All those extra things that this one meal, again, $1 that we donate creates five meals and five opportunities. Even as a family, you know, if it's a privilege to sit down with a partner, a housemate, a family member and to share that meal because you find out what's really going on in people's lives. Even it does mean you've been cutting the mould off the cheese in order to make that toasted sandwich that you're sitting down to. So you can go to abc.net.au slash VicGives if you would like to donate. You can call them directly 1-800-263-283. Our number, if you are the king or queen, of not wasting food, we want to hear from you. On ABC Radio, Melbourne and Victoria. This is the Conversation Hour. Michelle Hunt and Sammy J with you on this very special ABC Gives Second Bite edition. We're talking about how to not waste food. Gavin in Sunbury, he says, I buy food every day for dinner the next day so that we waste almost nothing by buying stuff we don't actually need. All the fruit and veg scraps go into our compost. Any leftovers I take for my lunch the next day. The odd jar of something that might be the only thing we don't use, but that's after a few years. Food is way too expensive these days. Gavin, I couldn't agree more. I'm a, uh, a serviette food wrapper-upper if we go out to my family. I'm mortified. Sometimes I forget Sammy, right, though, and I've wrapped up some mm-hmm. garlic bread mm-hmm. and I'll put it in my handbag, forgotten. Yeah. On the way to work, I'm like, what's that smell? Uh, pro tip, Rochelle, pro tip. Bring Thanks. your little... Bring your little uh, Tupperware containers with you. Uh, uh, these days I don't go to a restaurant without my own takeaway containers that I took from the restaurant last time. And uh, the great joy of not having to ask for a takeaway container but just having it at the ready. Do you feel a bit smug? A little bit smug. And then you go home and you have a whole new meal. Yeah, I know. And a whole new meal. But the questions we should embrace are smell this, taste this, is this okay? <laughs> Right, and you generally get someone else. Does this taste all right? And mm. then the other person's like, mm, and they'll generally taste it for you. Jared's been waiting patiently in Narry Warren. Morning, Jared. Oh, morning, Rochelle. Morning, Sammy. Again, uh, Rochelle. I need to let you know something about Jared. Okay. Jared made a promise to call mm-hmm. me on every single program that yes, I appeared I on. Yes, I did know this. This is his seventh call now. He's <laughs> pledged five dollars for every call. That brings him up to thirty-five dollars that he owes to Second Bite. I pledged to match it, of course. Jared, how are you going, my friend? Yeah, I'm good, Sammy. I'm good. And I'm hoping, because uh, I'm looking at you now on uh, Facebook. Oh, is it still going? I, I've just forgotten entirely creepier that there's creepier, a Facebook really? stream on ABC <laughs> Melbourne's page. Hi, everyone. Yeah, yeah so I, I'm hoping I get a wink. <laughs> There's the wink for you. I accidentally winked at a guest on Raf's show, at Rochelle, and then I freaked out and thought I'd done a Tony Abbott and John Fame <laughs> thing. It's going to happen to the best <laughs> of us. What's your tip? What, how, do you, how do you, like, not waste food, Jared? Uh, well, look, I'm big into composting, Rochelle, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, I've got uh, several compost bins and tumblers and uh, then bakashi bins for the stuff that uh, can't go in the compost bins. 
So, and then eventually it all goes into the garden. Oh, see, that's the circular economy, and we're going to be talking about mm. that a little later. All right, well, you, my eyeballs aren't that good. You're going to actually have to <laughs> have to bring it through. one three hundred triple two seven seven four. Michelle says, Sammy and Rochelle, I run a retirement home for chickens. One of my girls is, yeah, that's right. Okay, I said that. One of my girls is 11 years old, but they recycle what's too good for the compost. Then their poop goes back into the compost and then back into my garden. I was happy to donate today too because I hate food waste and I don't want anyone to miss out on a meal. A woman who is very close to our hearts, Sammy J, who absolutely hates waste. And I don't know if she's wrapping up in a serviette or extreme like you (laughs) and she's taken that little Tupperware container to the restaurants. It's the gorgeous Alice Stavslavsky. Alice, you have always worn your heart on your sleeve when it comes to veg forward thrifty thinking food do we waste too much food like how can we not waste as much Sammy J, Rochelle Hunt, hello. hello. Um, I, I love you talking about feeling a little bit smug because I think one of the ways that we can stop doing it is rather than think about what we are missing out on or um, what could be better, I think cultivating a sense of sustainability smug with everything that you manage to be thrifty about is a really great thing to do. So bringing the containers, using the masking tape, even um, you know that same masking tape by the fridge, popping a little bit of tape on to say use it up if it's coming to the use-by, you know, all of those yeah. kind of vis- visual aids are really useful. And, um, you know, for me, um, being born in the former Soviet Union, you know, we couldn't afford to waste food. That, you know, it was rations and whatever you could mm. grow. So it, that sort of sustainability mindset was a, a need rather than a want. And I think one of the issues within sort of societies like, um, or countries like Australia, is that we have such a sense of abundance that it feels like, there is uh, an infinite amount of of resources when it comes to food sometimes and so you know what's the use oh that's a you know half half uh, full tub of yogurt but it's looking a little bit funky I'm going to chuck it out Mm. scoop off the top use your whiff test use your eyeballs use your common sense and use the food waste website as well and um, just to check you know if you're all good and there's so much more that you can do so I it's love about, the, whiff, you know, common, the whiff test, the whiff test. Yeah. so <laughs> I did uh, there was a little hack that I think you put on your Instagram page Alice and I did it at home and can I just say smug did I feel my family was so impressed so we love a baguette on the weekend it's a family ritual we go for a walk we buy too many baguettes that we actually need and then the next day we're like there's half a baguette and you know baguettes the next day yeah. not, they, they lose that something something they lose Never that something, something right Mm-mm. but Alice has this little tip online where you sprinkle on some water and that look at Sammy's face it's already like his I'm, middle age <laughs> shock is I want, high I want long lasting baguette here yeah sprinkle a little bit of water Mm-hmm. Pop it into a warm oven for how long, Alice? A couple of minutes? Well, it's if you put it into the oven when it's cold and you crank the heat, then you're actually, um, you know, maintaining um, in terms of resources. You're also not wasting the heating up of the oven. So you put the, um, you know, you, I call it bread wetting. So you sprinkle <laughs> a bit of water or you run it really quickly under the tap if the bread's really, really stale. And then into the cold oven, crank it to 160. By the time the oven's warmed up, the bread is like you've bought it from the bakery. Yeah, it at, at 100% works. My family, and I was saying to them, this is Alice. Trick. They were <laughs> so impressed, and 
that's just something small that you can do. How many days could you leave the bread before you did that then? Obviously, you can't sort of resurrect it after a week. Sammy, I have been experimenting with this. <laughs> and you can do a multi-bread wet. So what that means is that if it comes out of the oven and it's still a little bit sort of rock hard, you can wet it again and, and go in again. And you can do this with all kinds of baked goods. So that's everything from a croissant to a baguette to a bagel to your standard sourdough, high tin, whatever, as long as it's sort of a chunk of bread. And if it is just a slice. So if you're the kind of family that buys sliced bread or household, you can pop, um, you know, you can spritz a bit of water on a, a, a slice of bread and then put it straight into the toaster. And that will give you a, that refreshment again. Or just remember to put your sliced bread into the freezer and then you've got fresh bread whenever you like. Can I have a whinge about just general society and our fridge and freezer situation? <laughs> yes, sure. you may. <laughs> We need to reverse the fridge and freezer size and the amount of focus we give to the fridge versus the Mm. freezer. Yeah. Seriously. You put a couple of loaves of bread in my freezer, two tubs of bolognese, some ice cream, and we're done. It's all over. I can't even fit ice cubes in after that point. Yep. And and they often do the two loaves for the price of one. I'm nervous to do it because I know that one won't last. I know. So anyway, that's just something small. Hey, Alice, stay with us because Heather has called through from Mount Martha. Good morning, Heather. Hello, I'd just like to donate uh, some money uh, for the second bite. Thank oh, you. good on you, Heather. Thank you so much. What's prompted you to donate? What's important to you? I belong to the Uniting Church in Mornington, and they they involve with second bite. They um, have a, a special day set aside, and they get uh, they distribute it to the people in the area. Um, so I I would like to give a hundred. $100 today. Oh, that is so generous of you. What we'll do is we'll pop you back on hold so that we can get all the details and make sure uh, that that all happens. Heather, thank you so much. And hi to Sammy. Jay, he- I watch him every day. Oh, well, Heather, <laughs> you live in a beautiful part of the world. It's my neck of the woods uh, growing up down there. So thank you so much. And uh, if anyone does wish to direct directly donate they can call because there are volunteers standing right by to take your calls and they're a fantastic group we've seen the pictures of the phone room there at second bite you can call 1-800-263-283 or if you prefer to use the screen abc.net.au forward slash vic gives our number is 1-300-222-774 just to add another number to that list <laughs> for you we're looking at food waste today because that's pretty much where the whole uh, idea of second bite came from it was a, a couple driving around thinking we need to do something with this food and I think Alice over the last couple of years in particular just as a collective as a society we've really started to understand that all of us can make a difference so what we do not you know as a, a as a state but what we do as individuals in our homes and lots of people are sort of turning back to their mums and dads and I know my nan and pa you know what they've been through everything from world wars to the depression and they didn't waste a skerrick are we starting to kind of learn from our elders Rochelle Hunt, that is one thing that I've really noticed. You know, this conversation around sustainable thinking with food is one that I've been having with people for over a decade Mm. and it really feels like it's landing right now. And talking about fridges versus freezers, one of the first things to sell out after people had run out of um, seeds and seedlings and sprouts and trees because they were all growing their own food finally were chest freezers. That was my childhood, the chest freezer in the shed. 
That's it. And so none of these skills actually are new. There's some incredible new innovations and technologies that I'm sure we'll speak about in this hour. But a lot of these kind of granny skills are coming back as we recognise that we can be more sustainably minded and we can start to think more consciously and in a more circular way about what it is that we consume. Although... Our chest freezer at one point, and this ties into your talk back topic this morning, Sammy, of fundraising gone wrong. <laughs> my mum, my mum, bless, she was a busy working mum, you know, multiple jobs, be- being the best mum ever. But she decided on top of everything else that she was going to take over the school fundraising one year. And we were selling lamingtons and not the really good lamingtons, kind of the really sweet ones with the jam in the middle. Anyhow, she sort of forgot about it, got the dates wrong, and at the end, I think we bought the majority of the lamingtons, and we ended up with a a chest freezer in our shed full of lamingtons. Which, to be fair, sounds like probably one of the best uses of a chest freezer. I mean, How long fantastic. would a lamington last in the freezer? Do you reckon? Well, can you can you bread wet it? <laughs> you could certainly. <laughs> you could bread wet. You could definitely bread wet a lamington. And straight away, my brain went to a bread and butter pudding, a lamington and <laughs> butter pudding. Ooh, lamington's Ooh, yeah. in custard. And and also, my mind went straight to the conversation Sammy had this morning with Liz, who just ate all of the fundraising chocolate. Um, <laughs> sometimes you got to do what you got to do. What, how, did, did you make your way through it, Rish, as a family? <laughs> I think well, every time someone came over, they left with multiple packets. Oh. And, yeah, I know, it was a win-win. What a gift. What Edible a gift. gifts are the best, and that's another great way. So if, you're, if you've got a tree in the garden that's growing, you know, got a glut of fruit coming on, it's, you know, plums are going to be here soon, we've still got citrus around, give edible gifts yeah. this year for Christmas instead of things dropping to the ground. And, you know, compost is fantastic, but if you can use it, use it up. Or if you don't have the time, put a bucket of those lemons out on your front fence and say, yes. free to a good home. That's what life is all about. I actually have another life rule, which is don't buy lemons. I don't know this because I grew up in the country. The idea of purchasing a lemon, I've maybe done it two or three times in my life out of, you know, sheer desperation, but we should never have to buy lemons. Margaret's in Carnegie. Hi, Margaret. Your your colleagues too. I'm, I'm a cheese pairer. I take the, the, the mould off and I, and I use the vinegar as well on the meat that's a bit sus. I just wanted to ask, why don't we hear more about the restaurants and the hotels serving such huge meals? Why do we have to take a Tupperware box to them to to bring home the restaurants? Margaret, there was a real push at one point, and I don't know how many restaurants or pubs did this, where you actually had to order and pay for the side salad. It did, say, let's say a Parmigiana, for example, it wasn't guaranteed that it would be on the side of your plate because a lot Mm -hmm. of publicans and kitchen hands were just tired of scraping all of that salad into the bin. Would you be happy to pay extra if you wanted the salad and it didn't automatically? Yes. Come? That's right. I would. I would. Yeah. And and I'd, I'd like to have my my brother. We were at a hotel for a meal recently, and and he got lots of salad was, uh, as a side or with with the meal with the meat, and, and a lot of it was rocket, and there was no dressing to hold it all together on your fork, and he had to leave it there. He would have enjoyed yeah. eating it. So you need to be friends with me because <laughs> I carry a bottle of it. We carry vinegar yeah. in our household. And you hand out lamingtons wherever you go. I'm not joking. This is another thing from my mum. And that the reason why we carried vinegar in the car was just in case you stopped for hot chips. <laughs> <laughs> they never put enough vinegar on your hot chips. 
So that was just a little... Anyway, that's a tip we can all take with us. Alice... This is um, from Lucas, who's in Berwick, but this warms my heart and because this is something we do in our household. Roast chicken. I don't know. Sammy Joe, you don't. I know you don't eat chicken. Well, family does. I'm the vegetarian in the family, so... I reckon that's one of the best meals that you can get most bang for your buck mm-hmm. in terms, Alice, of being able to roast it and then you can make some stock out of it. But then the idea of shredding it and turning it into a soup with, you know, the old cheap soup mix that you get that's got, like, lentils and Ooh, barley... Yeah. It's like a dollar twenty. You get at least three or four soups out of it. I, Alice, soup mix and chicken soup. Oh, I never get sick of it. I call a roast chicken getting bang for cluck because oh it's amazing. So um, during, in fact, during lockdown, <laughs> I managed to get I think eight meals out of the one chook. Um, because I sort of, as you say, it was the, the first meal was the roast, but then you've got the bones that you can make into into um, you can uh, make into stock. Then the schmaltz in the bottom of the pan. That's all those pan juices. The schmaltz. You can make the, sh- the schmaltz. It's a Yiddish word. You can, it sounds exactly that. the way it tastes. I call it the, the bits. Way. Bits, yes. Yeah. Um, so all of that is flavour. That is exactly where the richness of the chicken uh, jus is. So what you can do with it is make pasta. And you can either shred some of the chicken meat through the pasta or you can save the chicken meat, say, for a salad or for sandwiches the next day. But the pan juice pasta is such a delicious, you know, if you like butter, if you like um, the roasted onion flavour, you know, umami, it's full of it. So that is another way to use it. What I would recommend, especially if you are looking for a bargain way to mm. um, to, to eat a roast chook, is um, at the end of the day, towards the end of the day, go to the shops and buy the um, the barbecued chicken that's been reduced because at the bottom of that bag is essentially a stock. It's the chicken sweat. It's got the gooby bits it's though. Got, but, but you know what the yeah. gooby bits? Once they get reincorporated into a soup, so what I'll do is I'll boil a couple of cobs of corn and then the corn creates its own stock. A bit of that stock loosens off the pan, the, the chicken juices in the bottom of the bag and then that is like the best chicken sweat soup, chicken and corn soup that you can make really, really quickly I and easily that. and economically. And I'm not going to be scared of those, you know, the jelly bits. Yeah, the Embrace jelly bits. The, that's I mean, the schmaltz, Rochelle Hunt. Embrace the schmaltz. I'm just schmaltz gonna, jelly. I'll put my hand up here and say, uh, you know, I, I became vegetarian six years ago, so, you know, I, I ate meat most of my life and, and I encourage everyone to do it as much as they want. But for me personally, one of the greatest benefits of becoming vegetarian is not worrying about leftovers in the fridge, particularly things like the gooby bits. You know, the gross <laughs> bits that you just you suss on, that the meat will go rancid accidentally... The, the lack of that anxiety in my life is something I'm very grateful for. You're totally right. Yes, meat is, um, vegetables are much more reliable to store for days and days. This is a good time to remind our listeners, if you want to donate, if we're talking food waste and this is something close to your heart, that's what Second Bite do. They take all of the food waste and they redistribute that to people who need it. You can give them a call directly. They've got a gorgeous team of people there that are taking your donations. 1-800-263-283. You can head to the abc.net.au slash vicgives site. There's a big donate now button that's flushing. And what's great about that, Sammy J, is scrolling along the bottom. You just see 10 Every now and then there'll be like a big kahuna of, you know, a couple of thousand dollars. But the majority of us... A big gooby bit, I think we call it now. A big schmaltzy (laughs) gooby bit. And, but it shows you that those little gooby bits, (laughs) they are what makes 
the perfect donation, the perfect chalk. I don't know where I'm going with well, this. Well, where you're going is $335,330. Wow. That is all from ABC listeners. That is all from our community here on the station, and it makes you very proud. And as we said, that is a 14-tonne truck. That's the equivalent of a 14-tonne truck for a second. But just finally, Alice... What's your number one tip for, for not wasting in our household? Is it a bigger freezer? Is it buying less? Is it buying what's in season? Is it meal planning? What is it? All of those things, Rochelle Hunt, but mm. I think that it starts at the shop, actually. And what I mean by that is buying what you need. So whether that means the shopping list on the fridge or these days, use your smartphones, have a shared shopping list in the, in the household. So whatever needs to be purchased goes on the list and you check the list before you go shopping. And that will mean that you don't have three bottles of pomegranate molasses or um, you're having to use up whatever, um, whatever somebody else has bought too much of. And of course, um, you know, use your community, you know, connect with your neighbourhood. Don't buy lemons. Make friends with your neighbours and use up each other's produce and, and donate in those ways. And if you want ideas for edible gifts, next week's News Brekkie segment, next Friday morning, is all about edible gifts oh, for the festive that. season. Oh, <laughs> Alice, you're a treat. Absolutely. Thank you so much for all of those tips. I will forever look at the gooby bits in the chicken differently now, and that's thanks to you. Always a pleasure, and I'm back to watching Sammy J on, uh, oh, yeah, on the Facebook live. I love it. Alice Jaslowski, <laughs> of course. She is a chef and author and our very own Saturday breakfast presenter. This Sammy J, the two-for-one bread deal, that's exactly the food waste problem, just keeping prices reasonable instead of forcing people to buy more. Mm. I really think that supermarkets and supply chains are the biggest problem when they chuck out perfectly good food because it doesn't conform to perceptions on how things should look. Look, this goes uh, so far. And you know what's interesting? When I was at the Second Bite warehouse and I spoke to because I was going in and out of cool rooms and seeing where they put everything, I said, oh, what about bread? And I said, we can't take bread because so, there is waste of bread absolutely everywhere. They wouldn't be able to house it. They mm-hmm. wouldn't know what to do with it and it would sort of overrun everything that they do. So it's interesting to look at that two-for-one concept uh, and how much bread we waste because as we've discovered, you can only put so much in our tiny little freezers that we've all got. Absolutely. And they, you know, the, the producers, you just have to assume it's worth it still for them because it's not. it doesn't mean the same to them and they, they're not the ones who are having to throw it away. If you'd like to donate, you can call Second Bite directly, 1-800-263-283 or go to our website, abc.net.au slash vicgives and just donate on the Click Now button. This is the conversation hour. Oh, that's a you know half, half uh, full tub of yogurt, but it's looking a little bit funky. I'm going to chuck it out. Mm. Scoop off the top. Use your whiff test. Use your eyeballs. Use your common sense. Trouble. I smell trouble. The whiff test. Rochelle Hunt and Sammy J with you as we continue our radiothon to raise money for Second Bite. How are you feeling, Mr. Sammy J? You're still I'm looking sprightly. I'm feeling good. Like I'm, I'm starting to worry that I'm a psychopath. Yeah. I've been, been awake about that for a long I'd time. I've been awake for 31 hours and I've been broadcasting for 19 hours. And I feel perfectly fine. I'm having a really good time. Do you think you're going to flip into? You know when you get delirious and you just start to giggle uncontrollably. Mm. Well, that's been my fear the whole time, but so far I'm genuinely enjoying the discussion about haven't waste. Accidentally sworn? I have things to say. I haven't accidentally sworn. I'm worried Trevor Chappell's going to cop it on Arvo's. <laughs> I'm worried it's going to hit at like two o'clock, and when it hits, it's going to hit hard. But so far, I'm just having a lovely time. 
Well, one of the things with food waste and that I question, and I am, you know, I can be a little bit sus, is looking at best before dates and use by dates and whether or not they are there just to purely make us buy more Mm -hmm. or whether they're genuinely there for the best interest of our health. I don't know the reason to that and I push it too far too often but a man who can help us out is professor enzo palombo who is a professor of microbiology at swinburne university Enzo, can i make a little confession please so last night now here i'm going to have to admit my guilt that i between the guilt of wasting food uh, buying plastic and trying to get my daughter to eat vegetables i do often buy the bag of grated carrot and I do that because my daughter loves it as a pickled carrot. Yes, I could grade it myself, and I know it's really bad that I buy that sometimes, but I'm a busy working mum. Anyhow, last night I looked at the use-by date on it, and it was probably five days over. I picked up the carrot, I smelt the carrot, I tasted the carrot, I fed her the carrot. Mm-hmm. It was five days overdue. I'm calling BS on that use-by date. I would um, caution against that sort of behaviour. Um, the use-by dates are there, are there for a reason and there's probably science behind when and how long foods can be kept. Most of the time it's probably a regulatory requirement and it's more of a food safety issue to maybe protect the, the manufacturer. Um, but if you have a pretty good immune system and you're healthy and I'm sure you and your daughter both are, then the risk is probably quite low. Still, you know, take, take precautions and follow the use-by dates as a guide. With this. Use-by dates on vegetables, though, it's, it's all about how it looks and feels. The carrot is just if it's particularly bendy and spongy in the bin, if it's got enough firmness to it after peeling it, mm. you're fine, surely. Yeah, I think, again, it's more of a protection of the, of the producers. Mm-hmm. What about frozen foods? Lots of people are talking about using our freezer more. And, I mean, just because it goes in the freezer doesn't mean <laughs> we've all got a curry or a bolognese or a stew, and you peel it out, you think... I can't even remember making this, mm. let alone what if it actually is a red curry or a bolognese. How long can things last in the freezer? Yeah, it, it depends on the actual food, and each food has its own. I mean, I think most people who look at freezer guides, there would be a sort of a guide there about you know, meat can be kept for six months, whatever the case may be. The, the issue there, again, is all around the quality of the food. And food, even though it lasts longer in the freezer, does degrade, if you want. And the other problem with the freezer is that it, um, when, when f- water freezes, it helps sort of a chemical process. It absorbs some of the other mm-hmm. odours around the fridge. Um, modern fridges share the, the pipes and stuff with the refrigerator section. So you get a mixing of the air from the refrigerator into the freezer. And sometimes your food, just the quality might degrade mm-hmm. over time. Okay, real world example. <laughs> and so, hmm. I've yes. got a few asking for a friend. <laughs> no, I'm going straight to the heart of it. I haven't really eaten a meal in over 24 hours because I've just had five minute news breaks. I've been nibbling on nuts and things and I'm feeling good. But I did buy some sushi at Flinders Street Station yesterday on my way in to this 24 hour shift, which I put in the fridge. I had one avocado sushi last night and I've got two more in the fridge. It's now been uh, coming up to about 20 hours since I purchased it. Will that be okay at lunchtime? Because I know rice is one of those ones that mm. people get a little bit iffy about. And I can't tell you how long it was already in the Bay Marie at Flinders Street Station. <laughs> yeah, I don't Michelle, don't, don't prejudge this. Who knows? Uh, yes, I think that is... It's all about how long it's been out of refrigeration. Well, no, it's been... I kept it... It was in my bag on the way in on the train. Yeah. 
But apart from that, largely, I kept it in the fridge at home for a few hours. Yep. It's, how long has it been out of the fridge, which is a big thing? Two hours is probably a well, good Okay, a good so buffer. specifically the life of this sushi was purchased at Flinders Street Station, <laughs> took it home, so half an hour out of the fridge, back in the fridge for three hours while I unsuccessfully tried to nap, then back out of the fridge for a good 45 minutes on the way back in. So, yeah, collectively an hour and a half, but it was buffeted by fridge time. That's fine. That's fine. Oh. I think it's, it's a cumulative thing. Two hours out of the fridge in yep. total would be would be within reason. Oh, thank you. I really didn't think you were going to say that, so... <laughs> Yum, yum. All right, I have another one. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, call up if you'd like Enzo's. This is <laughs> I have no shame. I have no shame. Dear Sybil. If, hypothetically, you left your cooked bolognese... <laughs> I'm getting in trouble here. Forgot to put it in the fridge. Yep. It stayed out overnight. Yep. You put it back in the fridge and you cooked it up. It's all about how long it spends at a particular temperature, mm. which is dangerous. And typically it's that sort of above four degrees and below 60 degrees. They're the sort of what we call the danger period. I just simply, though, two things. If it's veggie, again, safer. Mm. And if it's been, if we accidentally leave a veggie bolognese out on the bench all night yeah. in, the, in the pot, I just nuke it to buggery in that's the microwave. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's one option. Um, having said that, that, some of the things that can grow in your food... Your nuking it will kill the bugs, but some of the things that they've made will survive the heat. Oh, dear. Uh, well, I didn't need to hear the term things growing in your food. Well, you were embracing gooby bits on this show 20 minutes ago, Rochelle, and the chicken, so come on. And, and I'll, I'll challenge the one about vegetables being safer than meats. <gasps> and there's a large outbreak currently in the US on a thing called listeria. No, salmonella, I think it is, mm-hmm. in cantaloupes. So even vegetables can be suspected to uh, suspicious with you know food poisoning cut cut him off Rochelle. <laughs> i don't like what i'm hearing <laughs> i think all food should be respected <laughs> all food should be respected and we respect your donation as well do keep those coming through you can go to the abc.net.au uh, slash vic gives page to donate and you can always call second bite as well 1-800-263-283 enzo what is, are there common myths or, or things that you see people doing all the time that just breaks your heart because you know the science behind this stuff that you wish people would stop either circulating false information or just doing in their own lives? Yeah, one of the ones that we often get asked about is, um, now, I know you don't eat chicken, but people who do eat chicken mm-hmm. will often wash the chicken or rinse the chicken before they cook it. Um, that's a pretty bad food safety practice. Is it really? Because I've never done that. No, I don't, I don't either. And, and most modern manufacturing processes will produce a pretty clean carcass of, of a chicken. So it's not needed. People get a bit paranoid and think, you know, like the old days, you go out in the backyard, kill your chicken and, and, and clean it and so on. But the act of splashing water on the chicken carcass actually causes bacteria to spread throughout your kitchen. Oh, gosh. So, Do you need the multiple chopping boards? For multiple foods. Mm. Either separate your foods or do them in a particular order. Do your veggies before your meats, for example, for a stir fry. I cut up my veggies first, put them aside, and then use the same chopping board for your meat. But don't go the other way. Are wooden chopping boards (laughs) as gross as my wife and I are starting to fear? Yes. But they're so (laughs) pretty. Probably. They're just embedded with gooby bits. I don't like the look of the plastic ones. Yeah, and the glass ones are meant to be the best, but they're so unsatisfying. The clink of a knife on glass. Again... Hygiene, so, you know, wash your shopping boards, use soap and detergent and warm water um, when you're washing things like that. Dishwasher okay? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I had a conversation speaking of the point of middle life that we've come to with a group of friends, right? We were discussing modern fridges, which I heard yep. you just mention before, Enzo. And 
this friend of mine was talking about how long food should last because fridges mm. are more modern now mm. and there's different shelves that have different zones and you don't need, you can partially freeze you can you know, do things where you don't uh, there's not a deep there's a deep freeze section a partial freeze mm. section mm. and your fridges mm. is that true speaking totally anecdotally yeah. and as a scientist I shouldn't do this but we've just replaced our 30 year old fridge with a modern fridge and I have just noticed that the things like vegetables do last longer. Wow. So I think those modern improvements in technology certainly are helping food to stay um, fresher, safer in, in refrigerators much more. It's like when you change washing detergents and you think, actually, my whites are whiter. Yes, yes. And it's, it's nice to hear that technology with all our you know, propensity for replacing uh, appliances can actually have a... a, a positive effect as well. Well, because fundamentally we're having this conversation because we don't want to waste food and that is because we can't afford to financially anymore but we can't afford to environmentally either. The amount of food that is being wasted. So as much as it feels like a fun conversation, it's actually mm-hmm. really serious. Joe's in Brunswick. Hey Joe. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Buongiorno Joe. Buongiorno Sammy and uh, buongiorno Michelle. What, what do you uh, do to not waste food Joe? Hey, um uh, in the mention of the shopping list before, what I tend to do, oh, when our daughter was born, uh, you know, uh, la, oh, in 20 years ago, uh, we decided because we were doubling up all the time, we uh, got a shopping list out, but we broke down the house into areas. So kitchen, pantry, fridge, laundry, bathroom, etc. Itemized every list that we use and put that into each section. And then next to that, we've got columns. So then we just uh, have to print up a copy of that, put it up on the fridge or the side of the dryer or whatever. And then as we uh, run out of something, we put a tick in the column next to it. So uh, everyone's aware. And then what we also do, there's, you know, an area for specials or whatever. So, you know, you can look online and say, if on special, you know, buy multiples or whatever. So it's just organized. So everyone's always aware at the one time. Time. That's next level. Mm-hmm. Have you yeah, saved yeah. money and stopped wasting food, Joe? Oh, uh, yes, it does, as long as everyone reads the list. Mm. You know? <laughs> and, of course, um, I there's no requirement for coffee there, um, Sammy, as you know, because that comes every three months. Well, uh, Joe did drop me off a special <laughs> delivery of coffee beans and a special grinder as a little gift ahead of this, uh, this radiothon, for which I remain exceptionally grateful, Joe. Good on you, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. Before we actually have a chat to Philip, who's from the CSIRO and can talk kind of mass scale when we're looking at food waste and the circular economy. And so that text earlier saying the two for one Mm. deal, and I know this is kind of out of your wheelhouse a little bit. But, and again, I'm going to let another one of my gripes come out. The, the two-for-ones in supermarkets, and I guess the role of supermarkets to encourage us to buy more. I simply wanted to buy a, a packet of chips one weekend, and they were all two-for-ones, and I felt like a sucker just buying one, and then I had some kind of crisis and just decided not to buy any chips, right? which is bad. You don't want to leave with chips. You deserve some chips. I yeah. deserve some chips, but then I, I had this moral meltdown mm. in the aisle. Do, do we need tighter regulations when it comes to food waste and supermarkets and the, the, the huge amount of responsibility that they have. Maybe the two-for-one can be for two families. Maybe you coordinate your Pass shopping with, with Well, that's a, what I should have done. Neighbor. I should have given a packet to yeah. the guy at the front. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I will often do that if it's non-perishable food. You know, cans of something you can store in the cupboard for, for six to 12 months. That's fine. But you're right, things like bread. And bread is one of, bread is one of the biggest food wastes around in, uh, globally. Um, more than other things that we tend to think about. 
bread, and a lot of people don't want to eat day-old bread. Oh, that's ridiculous. And, you know. What about the butts? We call it the butts of I the love bread. Them. I each love side the, of the butts. I love the butts, too. Really? My yeah. They toast up. They go crunchy, don't yep, they? Yep. Especially if they've got seeds on them. Yep. Yeah. Then they yeah. got really crispy seeds. Sammy J and Rochelle Hunt with you. Also, Professor Enzo Palombo is with you. He is a microbiologist at Swinburne University. Let's bring in the CSIRO when we're talking about food waste small scale. Let's take that a little bit large scale. Philip Janoveski has been working in food waste for over 23 years. Are we finally getting it as a society, Philip, do you think? Good morning, Rochelle, and good morning, Enzo. Great morning. to be on. <laughs> great to be on the program, and just tuning into uh, your discussion around bread as well. That's that's uh, you know certainly from a consumer perspective, I think we're getting the messages out there, um, and I think there's still lots to be done. Uh, we've spent lots of time and effort, probably over the last five and five or six years, mapping food waste. Uh, understanding where where the waste is and what the waste is and how and now it's about. Philip, oh, we've just lost Philip. We're going to try oh, and he's get. Got, he's going to the deep freezer looking for bread <laughs> or Lamingtons. We'll get him. <laughs> One of the two. But a lot of what Philip's work does is looking into the circular economy. And even that's a relatively new term, yeah, it isn't is, it, it Enzo? Is. Uh, a lot of people, CSIRO included, our laboratories, we have a research program looking at food waste as a resource rather than a, a waste and trying to re, reuse that in another way or even extract goodies from the food waste. Uh, many of our common pharmaceutical drugs, for example, could be taken from things like tomato waste. There's a compound called lycopene, which is very good for prostate cancer um, mm. prevention. Many nutraceutical companies will pay a lot for that material and we throw it down the, into the... Isn't it? Yeah. I know the wonderful Joost Backer who's been a waste warrior for years and years and years. He's got hospitality to look at, because you used the word resource mm. there. Mm. He's got them to look at their bins, not as bins, but as resources. Yep. And he even physically gets them to label them resource bins. So you can just think about them differently. Mm. We have Philip back. Philip, when you did this, when you looked at mapping food waste, what stood out to you the most? Yeah, sorry about dropping out. Uh, right. No, look, uh, I, I think that we've we've been able to really pinpoint uh, where the waste is. And I think that's a cr critical part about how dispersed waste can be. And finding aggregation, ways to aggregate waste is, is also really important to make, make the processing side and the value adding of waste uh, more feasible. So I think it's important to understand that waste can come from different industries. It can come from horticulture, it can, can be from grains, uh, certainly from brewing and and from the wine industry as well. And so, how do we make sure that we can do 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 value add and upcycling and the whole circular economy mm. um, in an efficient way and in a sustainable way? I think that's the really important part, and I think that's where science can play a really key role in that next stage in that transition to towards moving to a more circular economy as well. I wonder, um, Philip, how much yeah. of it is, though, you don't know what you don't know. So the fact that Enzo then was talking about certain parts of a tomato can then be used as something as important as a, a part of a drug for prostate cancer. Do a lot of these businesses, companies, not even know the resource that they have? Question I, to I you, would, Enzo. I would say yes. I think part of the education is, is part of learning the industries themselves, knowing what they have as a value material. Um, you know, Philip mentioned the wine industry. We already aggregate wine or grapes at a winery. It gets, it gets crushed, and the remainder, which we call grape mark, is discarded into the landfill. So we 
the wineries paid for that to be done whereas they could use that material as a source for other value-added products. See, the interesting thing with food waste and Second Bite were talking to me when I was there the other week around how they've almost exhausted the the waste that they can get from supermarkets and the next stage they want to take it to is Farmgate and looking at the waste that we have in the world of agriculture and that can be from livestock to to produce. And we know for farmers it can break their heart if they've got... uh, livestock that they're having to kill because it's not even worth them taking it to market or there's produce that they're using for cattle feed when they were thinking it was going to be exported mm. but the farmers say it costs them too much money to donate that food that they need incentives from the government how much of this becomes a state or federal responsibility well we de- decentralize it rather than having everything located in the urban centers we go to where the that waste is being produced whether we process it there or whether we use it for local communities in that in those regions I, I just like it breaks my heart when you see piles of avocados or whatever it may be that will literally just rot. Do you ever see a time end where we can get those and distribute those? I would hope so. I mean, I, I've seen pictures of banana piles where the banana is the right shape for the supermarkets. They have a standard about what is a how much of a bend can a banana have before you can put it on the shelves. I mean, really? That's what we've got to? At the very least, you've got things like the odd bunch now where yeah, they actually yeah, you know, try and make a, a thing of that. But, you know, it does feel like it was a very late entry <laughs> to yeah, the party. Yeah, a- absolutely. So many questions that came in for you, Enzo, that we didn't get to. Lots of people talking about what's the difference? I'll end with this one for you. What's the difference between a use-by and a best-before? Yeah, very much a confusing um, labelling. Use-by is a regulatory requirement about food safety. So things that are perishable, yeah, milk, for example, has a use-by date and it should not be consumed after that date because it has a risk. Best before means it can be used after that date, but the quality isn't guaranteed. The sniff test? Not even. It could be a canned, uh, something in the, in the pantry. Well, it, it's, it's How long did baked beans last asking for a friend? <laughs> <laughs> a friend named... <laughs> this friend of mine's hopeless. Michelle Butt. <laughs> who has no clues and the fact that she hasn't got salmonella up until this point is incredible. I would, again, use the, the date as a guide. Um, if it's within that best before date, sure. <laughs> if it's within a year or two. Well, I've got a, I've got a carton of beer at home and, and it's past its use-by date, it shocked me to discover. I haven't been drinking enough, apparently. and uh, So I Google it, but it's, apparently beer can go three years past its use-by date. It'll just be a taste issue. Mm, it might taste correct. bad, but it's not going to harm you. Yeah. I, I wish they'd specify that on the carton. Otherwise, I might have thrown it all out and wasted it. My soda stream bottle, the empty one, has a use-by uh, date on it. Now, come on. Really? I think that's the that's plastic. pushing it too far. I think that's far. the plastic leaching. I think that's what they're claiming. Really, Enzo? Yeah. I'm, I'm not a food regulator. Please don't blame <laughs> me. <laughs> You are now, baby. All of Melbourne is hanging on your word. Can we get a quick update, Sammy J? What are we at? We absolutely can. Let me just press my little refresh button and I can reveal that $344,670. Wow. We are this close to 350000 which we'll get Do you reckon to we can do it before midday? What are we at? Three hundred and forty-four thousand. Oh, look! If you know, you never know. If you're thinking of donating, my friends, and you, you've been umming and ahhing or waiting till later, jump on right now. Head over to abc.net.au forward slash vicgives and give whatever you were planning to give, and we'll see if we can nudge it towards it by midday. <laughs> Professor Enzo Palombo, you, I know you're shaking your head at me, but it's been fascinating. Mm. I feel like we're going to get you back on the convo hour, and we're going to dive into this into our deep dive a little bit more. But thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure to be part of this. 
this wonderful initiative. Can yeah. we, Good luck, Sammy. Can we pay you in frozen lemmingtons? <laughs> sure. Because Rochelle's sure. got a whole cartload for. I don't that, trust the use by date, right? Or that, or that, used, or that used beer. Yes. It's 1983 and they're still going. Don't forget, you can call Second Bite. There are people there ready to take your donation. one 263 283 We've hit 345560 so even a couple of extra thousand dollars in the last Absolutely amazing. You are so generous. It is for such a good cause. Second Bite do incredible work. As I said, I've seen it firsthand. I've been out there. Sammy J, you are rocking it, mate. Thank you. You've only got about six or so hours. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Take care. I'll be back with you tomorrow.